Happy New Year. Hope you uh, saw out the new year in a joyful way and uh, welcome in the new year, whatever it may bring. I think it's the welcoming attitude that is the key, isn't it? So um, the theme of the day is anatta, uh, not self. And behind me today, I have a different picture of Pembrokeshire. This is an old ruin uh, that's being taken over by nature. So it was once a barn and probably a, a lively farm once upon a time. And now it's just a beautiful ruin with the trees and grasses and brambles growing in and around it. And I chose this uh, picture for the day because of the theme, anatta. So the Buddha, he likens our, our you know, what, what we call me, our body, mind, personality, thoughts, feelings, perceptions, you know, sense experience. He just, he likens these to a house. And uh, um, that you know this, we, we, because we feel like you know this this me this, this we feel like we are something. This feels very substantial and real. You know this this me. I'm like this. I have these kind of responses to life, and I have this kind of a body and this kind of a you know gender and this kind of uh, age and all of that stuff. And uh, it feels very personal and real. But at his uh, enlightenment, actually, at the day of his enlightenment, it said that his first utterance after he became enlightened was this. Seeking but not finding the house builder, I travelled through the round of countless births. Oh, painful is birth ever and again. House builder, you have now been seen. You shall not build the house again. Your rafters have been broken down. Your ridge pole is demolished too. My mind has now attained the unformed Nibbana and reached the end of every kind of craving. And then it said that the next thought was, I have attained the unborn. My liberation is unshakable. This is my last birth. There will be no renewal of becoming. So the language is maybe a little, you know, scriptural, but what he's pointing to is this uh, this way that we attach to and identify with this this process that's going on here, these feelings, these thoughts, this body, this ever-changing body. You know, these perceptions, these this 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 sense experiences, how how we continuously again and again take that to be me and mine, and sometimes that can get very very firm and very solid. You know, we get very stuck in there, like no, I'm like this, and it's no, yes, I want, I don't want. And what he's pointing to is that this this attachment, this identification, 
this kind of uh, solidifying of a process is what keeps us going around and around and around in birth after birth after birth, death after death after death. And he's saying, you know, it's dukkha, this is dukkha. And we don't have to do it. We don't have to keep on going around and around. And the, the, the trick is, not that it's easy, it's simple but not easy. The trick is to let go of craving. So this is always the way out, to let go of craving, attachment, identification. So it's about turning towards things as they are, allowing the process to be processed, letting go of what is past, not trying to pin down or certain, uh, certify or make certain what is in the future and to be interested and aware and curious of the present, not to, not to attach to the present either. So he's pointing to this process of, of everything, really, and that somehow in the middle of all that, we, we say, this is me, this is mine, I am. And that is, uh, and then it, you know, along with I am is I want and I don't want. So this uh, leaning forward into the next thing, the next interesting thing, the next, uh, the next thing to learn, the next thing to eat, the next thing to see, the next thing to become. This is what keeps us also leaning forward again and again through life after life after life. This is what the Buddha is saying. Some of you may not believe that, and that's okay. This is what the Buddha is saying. He's seeing those many, many lives of being born, having a you know, having a particular kind of being born into a particular kind of family, sometimes a wealthy family, sometimes a poor family, you know, sometimes getting good education, sometimes not, sometimes having comfortable conditions, sometimes struggling, you know, and uh, sometimes dying young, sometimes dying old, again and again and again, over and over and over, countless lifetimes. And so he sees this, this is part of what he sees in the, in the moments leading up to his full enlightenment, experiences those many-fold past lives and sees the kind of monotony of it. So you may not believe in past lives, but even so, if you don't, it's kind of interesting to look at this life. So when I arrived here uh, at my sister, at my mum and sister's house, after a few days, you know, because there's a sort of like, you have to learn the routine of what's needed and how to take care of my mum and so on, and who's old and at the end of her life. And, uh, after a few days, my sister said, it's a bit like Groundhog Day, isn't it? You know, it's like, gonna do the same old thing, same old breakfast, same old time, same old sitting at the table. And I was like, well, life's a bit like Groundhog Day, isn't it? It just goes, you know, it's just like another day, another, you know, another way of meeting the day, another opportunity, if you see it that way. And uh, 
So this is what the, you know, you can see if you don't think, if you think of like, there's no previous life to this one, even in this life, think of all the days, all of the meals, all of the sitting on the toilet, all of the um, cleaning teeth, going to the dentist, you know, getting sick, getting well. This is all the normal parts of life, the bits that we don't particularly like to think about. We like to think about the buying a new outfit or going on a vacation or having, you know, falling in love. You know, those are the bits we want to think about. But in between all those rare moments, there's all of the ordinary stuff. You know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not glamorous. <laughs> it's very ordinary. So the Buddha is pointing to this. It's like, do we want to just keep on doing this endlessly? And what is it that keeps us going around and around? It's wanting, wanting and not wanting. So the freedom from wanting is letting go. It's contentment, it's gratitude, it's generosity. It's uh, peacefulness, acceptance. You know, it's these things that allow us to rest back into the moment, even if the moment isn't perfect. And the, and the mystery or the magic of it is that when we do that, it becomes perfect. <laughs> even, you know, unpleasant conditions can become perfect if our attitude is you know, resting with what's going on. So, you know, our, our body is part of nature. It's amazing, resilient. It's uh, incredibly resourceful and quite complex. In it's in how it works, extraordinary, amazing. Nature is amazing. And, uh, and it is, you know, it smells. It excretes unpleasant things. Hair falls out. You know, as we, when we're little children, when we're little babies, we're, we're kind of, you know, we just have that sort of little fur, you know, we don't have much like that soft, furry kind of hair on us. Some babies have nice big curly hair, actually. Some babies have a lot of hair. But most of us come in rather bald and not much hair. And we're a little bit vulnerable. And, and then we grow hair and we, you know, we identify with our hair, red hair, black hair, afro hair, straight hair, you know, depending on what our hair might be. And, uh, and then people, you know, are attracted to us because of our hair or don't like us because of our hair, whatever it may be. And, you know, all of that. And, and then and we grow and our body changes shape as we go through puberty. And we don't have much choice over the matter. You kind of get what you get and it's all happening and you have to sort of keep up with it. It's a bit stressful for many people. And then you get used to it. And, okay, this is one I've got and make the best of what you got. Some people get lovely ones, some people get, you know, challenging ones, bodies. Some people 
love their bodies. Some people, even the most beautiful bodies, they hate their body. You know, it's like the body is what it is. It's part of nature. It's doing its thing. And it grows and it's, uh, and then in a life, you know, some bodies give birth to new bodies. Amazing. Beautiful thing. And, and feed little babies from, you know, bodies produce milk, delicious milk, nutritious milk to feed babies. It's amazing. You know, all of this, the body's doing all this. We're not making it happen. It's, it's doing its thing. And then as we get older and older, our bodies start to lose their hair and get more soft again, like we were when we were little. And the skin gets soft, maybe not quite the same as when we were little, it's a bit more wrinkly, but still soft. And, you know, when we get very old, if, if we get very old, start to resemble a little baby again. Start to be more vulnerable and curled up a little bit more. For many, for many people, if you get very old, the body sort of returns to being like a little little baby again. And so you can see this whole cycle. And then just as we came in from who knows where, at some point we leave again to who knows where. And we leave the body behind. And like this old barn behind me, it gradually goes back to nature. If we let it. So this is the nature of things. And yet we call this body me. We call it mine. And we do have to take care of it. I mean, on some level it's true. You know, it's, it's our responsibility actually to take care of this body as best we can. But it's also our responsibility to understand that it belongs to nature. It's not who and what we are. You know, and the Buddha also encourages us to, to cultivate, cultivate wholesome states. So when we come in as little babies, we're open and receptive and there's a sense of wonder. And then depending on what we're conditioned by, you know, depending on what's going on in our family, in our culture, in our country, we shut down in certain ways and um, we strengthen certain things and we push away other things. You know, that's, we have to do that to survive, that's natural. And then we call that me. We call the personality me and mine. But the personality is just a way that we have to show up in the world. You know, we've got to show up some way or another. So we have these particular personalities and leanings and traits. There are so many, uh, you know, there's like so many personality, what do you call those things? And we've got like astrology and we've got uh, Enneagram and we've got the Chinese astrology, and we have the uh, um, uh, MBSR. No, that's maybe that's not it, but that, that one, you know, whether you're a, whatever it is, the 16 personality types, there's all of those personality things. And the funny thing is, it's sort of like everybody seems to fit into them, you know, so we have these personalities, and yet we're all totally unique. 
And these personalities are ways that we show up. They're just ways that we, you know, we have to show up in somewhere or another. Here we are. So we show up through these different types. And then we, you know, we mistakenly say, this is me, I am this. This is what I am. So the Buddha is saying, let go of that identification. Just let it be what it is. Guide it towards the good. Cultivate the good. Make, uh, make effort to not uh, arouse the unwholesome. Let go when, you know, if, if something, if, you, if you're in the middle of something unwholesome, a mind state, a word or an action, stop. Put it down. Turn away. Cultivate the good. Maintain the good. So he's not saying be a good person. You should be a good person. He never says that. He's saying cultivate the good. Let go of the harmful. And that in itself transforms us. We, we, uh, we become vehicles for the good. And the more we do that, the more natural it becomes, the easier it becomes. So he also talks about taking care of our thoughts, you know, cultivating thoughts of renunciation or contentment and thoughts of non-harm and thoughts of uh, compassion and thoughts of non-ill will. You could say thoughts of kindness or oneness. So he's also inviting us to take care of your thoughts. Don't just let your thoughts run the way they want to run. You've got to guide them. And as we guide them, we are, you know, this is the path. path is to understand the, the process nature of things and to take care of one's thoughts, one's speech, one's actions, one's livelihood, one's effort, mindfulness, concentration collectiveness, to take care of all this. And then in taking care of all this, it's, you know, we're, we're not abandoning ourselves. We're not neglecting ourselves. We're not um, denying ourselves, but we're using this instrument that, that is here, this, this body and mind, to turn towards the good, to turn towards the wholesome. And in doing so, also to, to let go. So in, in to do that, we have to let go of views and opinions and positions and um, all sorts of things. And in doing that, we become part of the flow. And we turn, we're turning towards what's happening here and now rather than waiting for something better to happen in the future. So uh, my wish is that for 2023, um, may there be many, many moments of presence, of interest in the present, of turning towards the present, of opening to the present. May we all realize our true nature. And I'll just put the 
reference to that quote in the chat. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.